We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've got a lot of action in baseball. We have fab results. We have four teams with 10 wins in the NL West. We have no teams above 500 in the AL Central. And the Cincinnati Reds have won a baseball game. All coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday night, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Scott Jensta. Joined as always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Jeff, it's a happy day. The Reds have uh, broken the streak and won a baseball game. You must be uh, you must be over the moon. YOLO, Lodolo. There you go. Yes. Uh, I'm not thrilled, no. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm happy in life. Soccer team won again, so nice. we're good there. Reds won. Yeah, that was nice. They got three runs for him early. Yep. Uh, so it kind of took a little bit of the uh, scare out of it. Lodolo dealt. It was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's that was. It's, it's rough to lose that many games in a row early in the season. Just kind of kills you from the start. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it's wild out there. I, mean, I looked at the AL Central tonight, and the, you know, Twins have won four games in a row. Byron Buxton had a great walk off. I looked, and they're eight and eight in lead division. That's a that's a rough division right there. You look at the NL West. Four teams with ten with uh, with double digit wins already. It's uh, it's wild. The three you expect, and then uh, Colorado's playing really good baseball too. Yeah, uh, it, they are. And, you know, they Colorado finished strong at the end of the year last year, too. Uh, they're, they're still they're going to fade at some point, yeah. but they're not they're not terrible is the takeaway here. Yeah. And I mean, and Chris Bryant hasn't even homered or really done. I think he has four RBIs. He hasn't really done a lot there, but, uh, you know, they're getting some good uh, some good pitching performances from guys you don't expect. And that's uh, it's been a, it's been a good start for them. So um, how is everything else? Do everything good? Yeah, everything's good. I uh, got to watch a lot, watch a lot of baseball on Friday night. Nice. Uh, got to write about it for those of you. Hopefully, you checked it out, uh, and hopefully, you like the format. It's kind of a notesy type of column. Anytime I'm going to do that now, uh, like in a, I get, I know I have a night just to watch baseball instead of tweeting about it. I'm just going to just write down my thoughts and then post at the end of the night, and hopefully, you guys like it. So check it out uh, if you get a chance. I really liked it. I told you on Twitter I liked it, and I wouldn't have told yeah. you that unless I actually did. I just would have ignored it. But I, I think right. it, was, it was just fun. Like on Twitter. Like I like your Twitter comments, but you can you just lose a lot of stuff. You know, everything's scrolling by, and you know you kind of check every once in a while. But uh, reading all in one place, and obviously you are a you're a smart guy and talks well about baseball, writes well about baseball, and has some good takes. So it was a it was a, it was a, it was a fun little read, and it was good to uh, good to go through. The interesting thing I thought was that you mentioned kind of the, some of the offensive uh, you know malfunction in baseball and how yeah. bad scoring is and home runs are, and you know I don't know if it's humidor, I don't know if it's ball, but it sure feels like we have a lot of like really kind of boring games a lot of like two one three two games and some of those are good like i like a pitching duel but when you get 10 of them a night and you get every uh, you know you look at your fantasy team and it hits 142 every night it gets a little bit old it's been a weird weird start to the season it really has wednesday night or wednesday we had 10 game or 10 starting pitchers that went at least five that didn't give up a run not <laughs> it's crazy uh, there is that orioles a's cla- one nothing classic where jordan lyles who's jordan lyles dealt yeah. Uh, it was one of those 10, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's just not special when that happens. And, yeah. you know, uh, who else was, I mean, yes, you want to, maybe there's a sign that Daniel Lynch is coming around, but how can you tell? Right. Yeah. And I, I love a good pitch duel. Like if I go to a game and it's one, nothing and it's, you know, Scherzer and, you know, I don't know, Scherzer and Walker Bueller, like that's fun. But yeah, when you get every other guy is throwing shutouts, it's just, 
it's been weird. Do you have any sort of feel about what you think it is? Do you think it's the 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 the, the dead ball? Do you think the humidor in all the parks really made them a difference? Do you have any kind of uh, obviously it's super super early, and you know who knows? It's some of this weather, and there's a lot of been a lot of cold games, but um, it certainly feels like it's more than just weather. I hundred percent agree. I think yeah. it's the ball. I think even if I, I think they might fix the ball and then not tell us, and then it'll be super happy fun ball again. Would, and Jeff, they would never do that mid season. No, crazy they would talk. never do that to us. Never, yeah. never, never, never. Uh, wouldn't even think of it. Um, yeah. And I don't need a super like bouncy ball 2019, but man, something in the middle, like, can we find a happy medium in baseball at some point? It doesn't seem like they ever, it seems like it's always one extreme or the other. I get the idea that it's pretty difficult. Yeah. That one micro change has a big macro effect. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. But the fact is they're changing it yeah. and they've been changing it and maybe they changed it in the past and didn't tell us, but it seems like they kind of opened up that box and it, it you know, they opened up Pandora's box and they, they can't get anything. They can't get it back in. And, you know, they, they counter adjust here, they adjust there and, you know, the game's adjusting too at the same time and yeah. they, they can't keep up with that. And I mean, some of this is like, and some there was an announcer I was talking about tonight on TV. I forget who it was. It was one of the, it wasn't a national game, one of the local games. Like, you know, when you were, when the Yankees, I think it was the Yankees game, when the Yankees were in like 1998 and they would like get the starting pitcher out, they would get to the bullpen and they would just start killing the bullpen. But now every bullpen guy that comes out throwing 98 has a slider. And it's like each team has yeah. all these fireballers. So like facing these, these guys is, it's not like you get, you, you get in the bullpen. You're like, oh, we get this you know, the soft throwing left and we can smoke them around it. Like if you get guys throwing hard, maybe not all of them have control and they're all great, but like face and you face them once and then they're out. It just seems like the, the relieving aspect and how good relievers are is certainly making a difference too. Yep. Here's a good one. Uh, Alexander Thistlewood says last year through April, there were 22 qualified hitters under, uh, under 200 this year, 51 so far qualified <laughs> yeah. hitters. So and that gives you an idea of where we're at right now. It's not just the power. In fact, it's yeah. a, it's emphatically not just the power. I think that's the big takeaway here. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, we, you look at your live scoring for your team at the end of the night. You're like, oh, my God, my team's hitting whatever. And this is so bad. And you look, you're like, oh, everybody's that way. It's not like it's just you. It's just, And that feels a little bit better. But, yeah, it seemed you, – you throw through – you throw, scroll through box scores and, like, there are half the teams are hitting – you know, guys are hitting 160, 170. I was looking at the Rangers uh, – box where they're playing the A's today. Like I think three of their top four guys are hitting under 200 and just every boxer you look at, like anybody over 250 is kind of an aberration. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You see three, you know, every team's got at least three hitters uh, under 200, yeah. you know, with a one there. And it's just like, Oh, come on. It's yeah. just relentless. I and mean, I, you look at I know teams, it's, like, it's early, but like we got 50, 60 plate appearances for guys. It's, it, it's a big, I mean, and that, that stat right there tells you, no, I mean, that's what, you know, almost uh, two and a half times as many, uh, as many guys hitting, hitting under 200. It's uh It'll be interesting. I get the weird feeling like one day guys are going to start hitting pop-ups. They're going to go out of the out of the park. So, like you said, they're going to like overcompensate. So it'll be uh, it'll be wild. I guess I guess get your good pitching ratios while you can. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to like you know you know they've talked about banning the shift and all that. Uh, I think they're going to you know require no gloves. It's going to be like <laughs> Chicago sixteen inch softball. I like it. Uh, you know, old school there. Uh, the ball gets the mushy later on in the game, yeah. but so it's okay. So you don't break as many fingers, but real, it, uh, re- real man doesn't need a glove, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, and they'll start making crazy plays that way too. They'll adapt, but uh, yeah, it's, it's the defense is better. The shifts are more accurate. I mean, yep. all these, all these things going to play now that we have the uh, pitch comp thing too. Remember yep. fielders have that. So do fielders know they all have something in their head that says what pitch is coming? Not all of them. They can choose okay. like which two, I think, basically. So it's kind of like middle linebacker in football, like that one. one yeah. Two guys so, okay. But so yeah. Again, you I assume can, you go shortstop in center field or shortstop in second base? Yeah. I would. Well, it's usually one infield, one outfield is yeah. what I've heard. But So shortstop in center field probably. I mean, you start reading the fielders. Are they moving too early? Maybe right. that gives you an idea of what pitch is coming. But I mean. And you I assume, adjust that, on I assume the that, fielder, that. that fielder somehow does something to relay to the other outfielders what pitch is coming to, I assume. Yeah. I mean, and there, there's potential leaks there, uh, right. but they, outfielders also sometimes can look in and see the signs. Yeah. Uh, so can the middle infielder. So maybe you put a third baseman there and let them know, let them know what's going on there. I don't know. Uh, it, when you get a uh, pitcher that does get rocked, let's call him you Darvish, for instance, there. Cool. It may leaves that much of a of a bigger impact though too. We could just call him Tyler Malley or Marcus Stroman too because they both reside on my team. So yeah, it, it oh. feels and it's crazy because you get a blow up now and it hurts so much more because there's oh, so many good outings. You look around, you're like, oh, I had the guy who gave up eight runs. I think it was uh, 
I can't remember who it was. It was uh, Zach Thompson the other night on Pittsburgh. It was like 47% rostered in the main event and he gave up nine hits and two runs. It was just when you Dallas get one of those. Keichel's 20, uh, like 21% rostered, yeah. 17% started on uh, at the beginning of the week. I mean, yeah. And he's Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. I don't mean to dunk on people for that, but you know, because some, sometimes you're thinking you're yeah. getting two steps. Hey, he's available for two steps this week. Don't do it. Yeah. And you got, I mean, there was that 100 in a main event, like a 15 team is 135. I'm doing the math right pitchers every week. I mean, that's, that's a lot of guys that you have to start. So you're going to have some of those fringy guys that are rostered. But I tell you what, blowups are blowups hurt way more than they did in, in 2019. That's for sure. Cause everybody had them then. And now a lot of teams aren't getting them. And when you get one, it's, it's really rough. It's brutal. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take a quick look ahead at week four. We've got another really busy week in baseball. We only have one team with five games. It's the A's. So all those uh, all those A's hitters that everybody uses because their offense is so <laughs> powerful. You might want to sit those guys this week. Um, they got two hit on Friday night by Glenn Otto and then three hit on Saturday night and shut out by the Rangers. I forget who was pitching that night. Maybe I think it was. I can't remember who it was. But Does it even matter, Scott? It doesn't really even matter. They actually scored two runs today. Piscotty hit home runs. They scored, I think they scored two runs all weekend and had something like nine. It was, it was just the the um, the the run differential and them hitting well. Uh, I, I think we finally have found our real offense now, and it's, uh, it's not pretty. But yeah. uh, they do have five games. There are 11 teams with seven games. So there's a lot of games this week. Um, so there are a lot of teams that are playing uh, playing tomorrow because with, with these full schedules. Um, I was looking at some of the good offensive schedules. You know, if you're trying to stream some hitting or figure stuff out, uh, there are some teams I do like this week. I like the Yankees a lot. The Yankees have three home against Baltimore, three at Kansas City. Um, that's a pretty nice little setup there for facing pitchers you want to face. I know Baltimore's pitchers have been good, um, but I think that's uh, going to start to break up a little bit too. Yeah, can we talk Bruce Zimmerman for a second? Here? Yeah, that's that was a, that's gonna be in the Fab section, but yeah, he's been really good. He went a long time before giving up a run. Yeah, he did. Uh, in fact, it was in the seventh inning before he gave up an earned run. He gave up a six uh, run in the sixth against the Angels on Friday night, but that then was his, run home that was his run third down. start, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. And one the other, you know, it was against the Yankees. And then uh, the other start was another quality opponent too. Uh, I think I want to say it was the – it might have been the Rays, but – It was point uh, being Mil- Milwaukee, Yankees, Milwaukee, and, that's and, and Angels. So, yeah. yeah. It was, but, I mean, you look at it and you're like, oh, well, it's Bruce Zimmerman. He's on the Orioles. But you're like, he's got a K-minus walk of like 19%. I'm rounding off a little bit, 18.5%, a 13% swing strike rate. Um I don't know. He looked, I mean, obviously some of the other stats, the, the, the BABIP is actually not too bad, but the, the strand rates like 90%. And there's, there's some stuff in there. Is the that, velocity gonna, is actually down on yeah, his I fastball. Saw, I saw that too. But uh, I mean, obviously he's not going to have a one, two ERA, but there are some good numbers here that makes you think that maybe he might be all right. And, you know, moving those fences back in Camden, maybe makes, uh, maybe makes the summer there uh, a little bit less explosive than it normally is. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in the summer too. Um, right. We're not, they haven't really gotten summer ball yet. Yeah. Yeah, summer, summer weather and summer ball. It'll be it'll be interesting there. But uh, uh, the Brewers have a nice schedule too. They get one against the Giants. Uh, that's that's obviously usually a tough one. Although I don't think it's Rodon. I think Rodon is now pitching Tuesday. Then three against Pittsburgh, three against the Cubs. It's a really nice seven game schedule there for uh, for Milwaukee. It is. It is. Uh, it's weird to have the one against San Francisco because they didn't yeah. play each other this weekend. No. Uh, so oh, but that's. Did I mess yeah, why are they playing San Francisco one game on Tuesday? They didn't have a series against them yet. I was going to say, I didn't mess that up, right? They do have one home game against the Giants. I This is bizarre. I got to look Giants, this up. The Giants played the Nationals this weekend. Yeah, that seems like that's an error, right? Oh, that might, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe that is an error. Well, and I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at our projected starters grid. Now I'm going to look somewhere else just to confirm. Confirm, but, you know, trust but verify, because that just doesn't seem right at all. They play they they play the Brewers tomorrow at three ten. They play the the they play the Phillies at three ten, but they didn't play the Phillies either. No, the the Giants play the Brewers tomorrow at three ten. It's a okay. So series. I'm just looking at a weird weird schedule grid. That, they, that's the Giants it. play. Oh, you know what? No, no, it's a Monday. Yeah, it's one day. It's one. It's, ugh, it's so why. I have no. That's the weirdest thing. I I didn't even think about it, but I know the Giants play the A's for two games. That's why the A's have five. I have. The, I'm looking at the Giants' schedule on MLB.com right now. They yep. play one at the Brewers tomorrow, then two against the A's. That must be because of this is the game we're squeezing in because of the, uh, the lockout right. and all that. I'm surprised. I mean, they didn't, like, if you're the Giants, how much does that suck? It does. You go from and it's not. I, mean, I guess they were they were at Washington, so it's kind of close. But geez, it's not close at all. I mean, at least it's the right direction. I guess I'm saying when they're, they're trying to fly towards home, at least it's the right direction. But 
that's tough for one game. I'm surprised they didn't try at least until a doubleheader in there. Make it. To, I don't, you're right that it must be one of the uh, games they missed that first week or something. They're at Philly this weekend. They the the Brewers were. They're flying home for one game against the Giants. Then they're back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's brutal too. That's stupid. Oh. Wow. That is, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I just assumed in my head that was a wraparound series in Milwaukee and the Giants played, but I knew the Giants played the Nationals this weekend. That is. Uh, I'm just like, this has got to be a mistake. Yeah, it's. I just looked at the MLB website. It's not. Yeah, I've got the ML, Yeah, I, I've got the same up there. It's just. And it's a three o'clock Pacific game. So it's not even a day game. So, like, it's going to finish at what's that, five o'clock local? It's going to finish at 8 30. Like, that's brutal. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, My heart breaks for Giants and Giants fans everywhere. Yeah, I know it does. I can tell. <laughs> uh, I can tell. White Sox have a, a good schedule this week, although I don't know if we know who's playing for the White Sox anymore. They have so many injuries. Oh. The Eli Jimenez thing sucks. Like I actually didn't uh, didn't draft him at all, um, but I wanted to. I, he was like a, in that range. I liked him, but I didn't end up with him. But, man, this sucks. I like watching him hit. I like watching this team when they're all healthy, and uh, six to eight weeks is, is a long time. Yeah. Um, I Chu and I got the discount on him in uh, the second main. We were talking about uh, that. Did, yeah, that's right. You got him like max pick too. Uh, did yeah. you guys keep him? Yeah, we're, I, I, I think we should keep him. I it's, do too. I, 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 I probably a little more on the fence in the 12, I think in the main event with the six to eight weeks. I think it's my theory is uh, you keep him now for one setback. Maybe then he's a drop at that point. But I think six to eight weeks, that puts you at still like three months of the season. I think you got to keep him. Yeah, because uh, – who are you going to pick up in, in a, in a 15 team mixed yeah. in the main event too, hitting wise. It's just two two months of a six person bench is really tough. It is. It yeah. is. I mean, it just means that you're, you're done stashing. Yeah. You can't oh, stash sure. anybody yeah. else, which yeah. that has its own drawbacks. Then you're missing out. I mean, and, and you say stashing, that's not just like injured guys that relieve or, or minor leagues, but that's like relievers. That's, you know, guys that uh, you maybe want to see if he's going to be a spec reliever kind of thing. It just, it really limits you a bunch. Everybody's going to have some injuries, but those long-term ones where you can't drop, um, yep. those really make it tough. You have to really hope that Eloy comes back and mashes for three months and it's worth it. But whew. yeah, it, it's brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, Red Sox have a good schedule this week, too. Uh, four at Toronto, um, not the easiest there, but then they get three at Baltimore, too. That's a, that's a, that's a nice little seven-game roadie right there. I think uh, Red Sox uh, Red Sox offense, hopefully J.D. Martinez is coming back. Uh, he did not play all weekend. They said, I looked at him on Friday, and he didn't play, and I took him out, but it sounds like he was going to play Saturday, so I did not play all weekend, but uh, hopefully he's yeah. back. But that's, that's a good little, uh, good little stretch for them, too. Yeah, it, it, it's, it is. You know, they're going to be without Tanner Hawk. Uh, we know that. Um uh, that that we're, we're already going to be watching who goes to Toronto. You know, fun little show, fun little game we get to play all season. The <laughs> right. Astros have said everybody will be going to Toronto when they go there next week. I saw and the Yankee the Yankees said that too, so they must yeah. have had their couple holdouts. Must have uh, must have done so. But yeah, Which you're right. We never uh, confirmed were holdouts, by the way. We never confirmed were holdouts. It just Aaron. I saw Aaron Boone said that they're all vaccinated. Everybody's going. But um, yeah, the the, uh, the uh, who's who's on the field for batting practice when they get to Toronto is an interesting game these days because the A's had like four guys that didn't show up. So. And then a bunch of guys got COVID. I don't know how that all happened, but uh, yeah, the A's had four guys that didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess Tanner House going to pitch Friday at Baltimore. So it, it kind of works out. Okay. For the, for the, for the Red Sox, but um, let's jump into fab this week. It was uh, it was a weird week, Jeff. I am hoping you could talk me through a little bit. I, you know, I spent some time going through and looking at players and trying to unearth people. And I really didn't find a lot. I was super interested in there. You know, if there was a, I had a guy, I had someone drop Robbie Grossman in one of my 12 teamers. So that was like an, an obvious one there. I had Alec Bohm got dropped in the league. So that was, that was definitely a bid for me too. Um, yeah. You know, unless you, unless you had a drop, like I, I feel like we're at you know, three weeks into the season here. We're not getting a lot of like guys jumping off the page in fab. There's a lot of kind of okay pitchers. Um, you know, there was an early on, if you got Kyle Wright, that, that really worked out. And obviously you want to try and find that next guy, but um, I kind of struggled this week. There was a, there's Tyler Anderson in, in LA. I think a lot of people are interested in uh, Jake Junis is probably going to pitch for the giants against the A's. I think a lot of people are searching out those A starts now, which I do not begrudge anybody. It's probably pretty smart. Um, Just Bruce like Zip, red starts. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, it's smart, especially in, especially in, in San Francisco or Oakland, like, you know, good parks to pitch in. you know, I think you want of a, you know, I'm scared of what Carlos Rodon's going to do with the A's on Tuesday night. That's for sure. Um, you mentioned Bruce Zimmerman. I think he was in that mix too. Michael Pineda had a decent start for the Tigers. His first start out, uh, Jordan Hicks for, for the Cardinals, um, you know, talented, throws 120, but, you know, throwing three or four innings, Mac, I think he's thrown two innings and three innings. So 
you know, you got a two-step this week, but probably not going to throw five in either one. Um, did you find things starting pitcher-wise? Any of those guys interest you? Were there other guys you had uh, that you really liked? Uh, what were you doing in terms of, like, trying to find some stars this week when you needed to? I think Junis was on our waterfall. I mean, we we went really cheap this Water, week. Waterfall, I like that. Yeah. Uh, this is that's a James Anderson term of art. Uh, Tyler Anderson, I think, is going to be in the rotation for a while. Andrew yeah. Heaney uh, isn't throwing right now. He shut down completely from throwing because yeah. of his shoulder. Which sucks uh, because he was pitching so well in his first couple of starts. Uh, and Trevor Bauer is on indefinite extensions of his administrative leave yeah, without any other comment coming yeah, after I, those every I time. I got pushed to the 29th and I just, uh, yeah. Like, I, let's I, just be honest with it. Just say how far it's getting pushed to. It's this this whole week-to-week thing is kind of like. It's absurd. It, it, it's it's the theater of absurd for sure. It, it really is. I, I'm I'm actually a little surprised I didn't see his name on a few more of my uh, my drop lists in leagues this week. I uh, he was available in my 12 team last week. I didn't even bid. Yeah, uh, I don't think he pitches. Yeah. Um. What about uh, what about Daniel Lynch? You mentioned him with that. Uh, you know, the start on that Wednesday night when everybody was throwing shutouts. Um. He was a pretty a pretty hyped prospect a couple years ago. Then really struggled when he first got called up in 2021 right. last year. Really, uh, you know, did not pitch well. Uh, pitched well. You mentioned this week. Uh, do you think the the prospect credit is coming around a little bit here? Are you still holding off? Where are you on Daniel Lynch? Still holding off. I mean, he's got a 150 whip. He had one good start. Yeah. Uh, although you gotta, if you get one good start, I guess you gotta you gotta act on it. Uh, but uh, the first start was really bad. He gave up six runs. He did strike out seven against St. Louis, but uh, pitched well against Minnesota. Only two strikeouts in that start. Yeah. Um, you know, as I'm going through, I mean, Glenn Otto, we mentioned, uh, you know, pitched well for Texas against the A's, but like I take so much of a grain of salt with that. Yeah. Um, I had issues finding guys. The guy that I think was uh, was really interesting is available in one of my main events. Uh, it's Josh Fleming in Tampa. He has uh, two. I'm going to call him starts this week, but uh, I think it's you know two piggybacks. You hope he's the he's the second yeah. part of that piggyback, which works well because he did earlier this week and he got he pitched three innings, got a win, um, which you really want. But you you look at his numbers. Um, he's only pitched ten innings, but 29 percent uh, K rate, 4.4 percent walk rate. Uh, that's you know 13 strikeouts to two walks. Uh, pitching really well. The ERA is 5-4. I think that hit a little bit of his value, but like you look at, you know, XERA is 2-2-4. I think you just had a little bit of, you know, the, the bad is 4-48. The strand rate is 55%. So just a little bit of bad luck there that kind of skews that. But uh, a guy who is pitching really well on a good team that, you know, if it if it works out, he piggybacks twice. Could be an interesting wins guy this week. Yeah, you're not going to get a length much length out of him. No. You're hoping to get three, four. He's, yeah. he's gone three and a third all three outings so far. Uh you're but hoping goes, you get a good opener. Twice, if he goes twice and you get a win, I think that that's kind of worth yeah, it. Yeah, if he goes twice and the opener goes two innings each time, it's perfect. Yeah. And, and of course, the race score runs. But well, I mean, it's it, at it, home. And the opener only has to go one inning, right? As long as he comes in and they have a lead or take a lead, he's still the pitcher record at that point. So it can, it yeah, can work out pretty well. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. That's actually true. I keep thinking, okay, he's got to get to the fifth, but that's yeah. not true. Yeah, once, so, the, once the opener's yeah. gone. But – um, you know, and the Rays are good. The Rays can score runs. The, the, I mean, Wander Franco, obviously, it's just freaking amazing. He had a great weekend. Uh, but I think that Fleming is at least like a really good pitcher. It's just hard to figure out how it works fantasy-wise. But if he piggybacks twice, I think that works this week, too. Yeah, we, Chu and I got him in one of our two leagues. Nice. Uh, I, I like to hear that. Yeah, I think that's, they're, uh, they're, they're home against Seattle, home against Minnesota. I think those are both uh, pretty workable starts, too. Um yeah, it's hard to find guys, so I find myself trying to find you know a little bit sneakier guys like that. You're trying to maybe piece together maybe wins are so hard to find. I, I looked at one of my main event leagues and like it's like three wins separates the top from the bottom because nobody has any. It's just like right. it's like nine for the lead and like five at the bottom. It's just nobody can get any. You're getting like it used to be. Uh, I, I forget who it was, but someone put a chart together how many wins you needed per week and all that to compete overall. Um, that's gone way down. It feels like two or three wins is kind of what everybody's getting uh, so far this year. That's yeah. going to change as pitchers go deep. But, um, you know, I tell you what, every win is gold. And, you know, losing wins to a, a you know, closer blowing it or reliever blowing it late is usually painful. I find it oh so much more painful this season. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's brutal. Um, yeah, it, it's you're really, really having to battle for it there. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. Um we speculated they start. They're starting to get stretched out a little bit. Yeah. But and we're gonna go. We're gonna get two less roster spots in a week too. So I think that j- essentially just takes two guys out of the bullpen for almost every team. There's not gonna be a lot of everybody's gonna. Everybody's had so many relievers and so few offensive bench spots. I think it's gonna take two relievers off every single team essentially. Yeah, I think so too. 
Um, so let's get into some of the offensive and, uh, and reliever fab. But first, a note from our sponsors at Better Edge. Bet against others with no fees involved. That's right. No pesky, pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace where there's no fee on each transaction. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace, and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring betting back to its social roots where you can like, comment, and challenge other users all within the app. Play without getting played at Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to sign up today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So, Jeff, I thought the offense was just as tough as the pitching this week. Like, I was like, I need some offense. I, I, I'm, there's a couple teams where I'm really struggling offense. Again, everybody is, but I'm trying to find something. Uh, Josh Naylor in, in Cleveland uh, had a good weekend, has started out well, um, playing pretty much every day. Uh, he's hitting uh, – he's up, he's in 400. He was over four days, so it kind of cooled off a little bit. Uh, but someone that was, like, you know, a prospect that came up in San Diego. I think a lot of people liked him. Uh, doesn't strike out a lot. Good contact guy. Uh, the pop has never really been there. But, you know, someone who's playing every day, maybe put up some counting stats for you. Yeah, why is it only Cleveland players that we're finding a pickup? First, it was the Wrath of Quan. Yep. Then it was, uh, you know, Owen, who doesn't have any friends, Miller. Yep. Uh, Oscar Mercado was a Oscar. was a pickup too. Yep. Yeah, and then he's now he's kind of a drop, but you know, that weird how that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's Cleveland uh, is just is the source of offense right now, and yeah, that's not something I think is going to be enduring. Naylor could be interesting though. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we're looking at if, if Wrath of Quan, as you put him, is uh, is injured. He he left early today with a with a hamstring, hamstring titus. We never know where that's going to go, but um, I don't know. I think we're looking for at bats. We're looking for hitting. I mean, obviously it's really early, but he's hitting the ball hard. Fifty percent barrel rate, fifty five percent hard hit rate, but still super early. But um, yeah, I think it was it was it was a live body that uh, a lot of people some people picked up last week. Um, but uh, yeah. you know, I think we're looking for guys who are playing every day and getting counting stats. I mean, I, I think Naylor kind of fits that bill in a deeper league. Yeah, I think so too. You know, he came back a little later to start the season because he's coming back from an injury, and you know, he, he's starting to wedge his way in that playing time. Now Miller's been out. Once he comes yeah. back, how's that? What's that going to do to just the daisy chain there? That's the thing I kind of wonder about a little bit. Yeah, although, I mean, I think anybody that hits there probably works. The bottom half of that lineup is pretty fungible, where if you get hot, I think you kind of stick in the lineup. He's hitting mostly in the middle. Um, I think Miller probably goes to first, and Bobby Bradley kind of just goes away. He's kind of never even got here in the first place, too. That's, that's a fair point, too. And it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's too bad because, you know, you got J-Ram in there and then and Fran Miller and everybody else. Well, Miles Straw's doing pretty well and has a uh, – has some stolen bases for us, and the average is uh, is still uh, hanging in there at 296, doing pretty well there. 
obviously no pop, only two RBIs, but uh, the top four in that lineup is pretty good. They actually scored a bunch of runs. They had a couple of games where they scored a lot of runs. Yeah. Um, but um, what about uh, in San Francisco? Uh, Steven Duggar is on the 60-day IL with a uh, with an oblique injury, opening up some spots there. Lamont Wade is on his uh, rehab assignment right now. Um, I think this is probably, if you're going to get him, he was 40% rostered in the main event, so he was available in a lot of them, available obviously in 12-teamers across the board pretty much. Um, he was a pretty good player last year. 18 home runs, six stolen bases, hit 250 for the Giants. Um, you know, pretty decent hard hit and barrel percentage if you look at uh, some of the stat cast numbers. Um, probably to get pitched to Plundu a little bit, just the way the Giants play, but they've got some holes there. they got spots to play, um, and he let off a, little, a bunch last year when they did play him. Yeah, um, I wasn't really in on him last year, and to my chagrin. I don't know. I, I, I'm a little lukewarm just because the Giants always seem to do a lot of platooning. But then again, if you picked up Thyro Estrada, you, you've, you've done well so far with that pickup. You know, yeah. he, he seems to have gotten the thrived with the chances he's been able to get so far. So it could work. Yeah, and I think it's a you know a bench bat when they play you know three or four righties or three righties on a weekend. Like you could definitely use them. I mean, anybody that's leading off, I think, has a lot of value in a deeper league. Yeah, um, yeah he was someone that I uh, I think I got outbid on, but it's someone that I definitely uh, definitely wanted. I, I like the first base and outfield eligibility also. Yeah, that's nice. How do you feel about uh, Alec Bohm? He was dropped in a number of uh, fifteen teamers last week. He was available in a lot of twelve teamers. He was sixty eight percent owned in the uh, roster in the main event. Um, has played a lot finally. Uh, Bryson Stott has pretty much stopped hitting since uh, spring training ended. Um, Boehm, I think, played five of six games this week at third base. Uh, didn't uh, didn't completely fall on his face uh, with any errors this week, so it was kind of the most important thing. But hitting the ball well. He's hitting 355, hitting the ball really hard, um, still hitting too many ground balls, only has one home run. But, I mean, this is someone with a huge prospect pedigree, third overall pick. It seems like, you know, the, the roller coaster on him is probably not done with its ups and downs, but it seems at the moment right now he's an everyday guy for them in a really good lineup. Came through with a really big hit on Friday night. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, it, you mentioned Stott's not hitting. He's going yep. Scott Kingery on us. So, I mean, you got to think he's going to go to the minors, right? Like, there's no, they can't have him playing once or twice a week. I mean, it makes no I agree. sense for this development. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think we I might think see a right. bunch of guys go to the minors here in the next week or so. I think, well, CJ we will. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but I think like big names. I think CJ Abrams going to go down. He has to. Like they're just yeah. they're not playing enough. He's not hitting, and him and Stott, I think, got to be pretty pretty quick to the minors here. Well, May second, the roster is contract, yeah. and those guys are obvious candidates. The the less obvious ones are like, you know, the the the, the elite elite prospects that are struggling. Yeah, I I think that Julio and Bobby Witt are pretty safe from that. I mean, maybe yeah. uh, you know a bad week that might change. I mean, Julio's got five stolen bases and seems to be coming around a little bit. Um, they moved Witt down the lineup, which is you know maybe his like they'll do that for a little bit. I, I think both those guys are up to stay, but yeah, some of yeah. these guys that uh, are on the uh, on the fringes and you know came up because there was a few extra roster spots. I, I think Abrams and Stott especially. I think they've got to go back down. Yeah, I think you're right. Man, just you you, you just want. I mean, C.J. Abrams playing two or three times a week just makes no sense for his development. He's so young. He's had so much, so little experience. It doesn't make any sense. I don't think they can wait till Tatis comes back to do it either. I I agree. I agree. Uh, I dropped you know, they it. found a, like they are saying the other day that uh, Abrams, he started against a lefty just because yeah. he was trying to find a way to get him in the lineup, even though he's left-handed. I mean, it's just they're, they're playing three lefties this weekend too. So like they kind of just force him in, in there yeah. at once. Yeah. I think, yeah, I've got Anderson Kershaw and someone else. And I forget who else it was, but Julio. I, I, I I, and I know I looked at when I looked at Abrams for the weekend. I'm like, oh, can't start this week. He's three lefties, so um, I dropped him in the in the main event. I just didn't see, uh, you know, it's exciting and he's fun, but I didn't see uh, any way to to hold him in a fantasy league at the moment. I, I agree with that assessment. Um, anybody else offense? You mentioned uh, Tyro Estrada in San Francisco. You know, you probably missed his best week if you picked him up. But uh, you know, someone that is playing every day. Although I don't know what happens once Tommy Lastella comes back there. I mean, the Giants do mix and match a lot, but. You know, stolen bases are uh, are something you want to get. He's got three of those already. He's got a couple of home runs, hitting pretty well. Um, he was someone that was uh, hit three thirty in AAA last year, so you know a little bit of a uh, a little bit of good stuff there. Lot uh, no strikeouts. He's a fifteen percent strikeout guy, so a pretty good strikeout right there. He was nine home runs, six are uh, stolen bases in about two hundred and thirty plate appearances for the Giants. So I don't know. Um, you know, he's I think he's not that young, right? He's twenty six. Um, it feels like a uh, guy we probably missed his best week, but, uh, you know, as a middle infielder, he was kind of in my mix too. Yeah. I mean, he's the master of the stolen base attempt up six runs. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Giants are just pissing everybody off, aren't they? Uh, God bless them for it though. Uh, I, you know, 
I you, thought the I thought the one last night was pretty ridiculous. I I like I kind of get the bunting up whatever like a little bit, but the one last night was like I don't know, like he's just scoring on it, and then I'll see his escort is yelling at him. He threw him out of the plate anyway. The whole thing is strange. Yeah, that was uh, Friday night, and that was, yeah, that was really Friday weird. Uh, yeah. And it's like, okay, was Juan Soto in the game still? Then shut up. You know, if, if, if you haven't tipped the king, then we're going to keep playing. And and someone's saying, well, it's generally commonly accepted after six innings uh, to that, you know, you don't manufacture runs. No, that's not commonly accepted. No, it's just stop. Um, I'm, I'm okay not bunting when you're up nine in the eighth inning, but like sure. scoring runs and just, you know, I don't think. Just you play can, baseball. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, Juan Soto has come up to base uh, before today. He's come up with uh, 33 guys on base on the season. He's driven zero of them in. That's really difficult to do. That crazy of all people. Uh, he was over four today, so that stat still holds. Uh, he's got three RBI. He has three home runs on the year. He has three RBI. Yeah, they're pitching around him a lot when yeah. those guys are on base, obviously. And we obviously uh, talk about how you know lineup. Often doesn't fully matter for fantasy, but I think you're seeing that maybe it does a little bit with Soto. They, uh, I think teams are going in with the game, and, and Nelson Cruz has not really started to hit yet. Um, that may, you know, if he does, that may change that. But it seems like teams are going in just figuring, let's not let this one guy beat us. Yeah, and they they don't have a tremendous on base guy in front of them either. Uh, it, it's one thing, you know, when you get one guy on, okay, fine. Well, we'll, we'll still pitch to you, kind of, sort of, but. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're going to ever have like a like they, they've got a loaded lineup. You know, Victor Robles, who's batting ninth, second leadoff guy, you know, for a while had one hit. So, I mean, that was not great either. He, I got benched once over the weekend, too. Um, the other guy uh, was uh, our A's, Sheldon Noisy. Uh, but they, like you said, five games this week, so it's hard to use him. But still, he's batting second, seems to have kind of carved out a pretty good role. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen when Kevin Smith comes uh, comes off the IL this week. I don't know if they're going to platoon them. Are they both righties, so it doesn't really work in a platoon? Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, Sheldon knows he does not do a lot for me, to be honest. With yeah, me. yeah, he's this is the second go around with him. We picked him up for a buck, but yeah, uh, I think that a guy hitting second for a buck, I think you never know. He might fall in some good stats, and obviously you can't use him the start of the week, only two games, but you can use him right. on the weekend. I just think he's a prime happy fun ball guy. Like that one big year he had was in the minors in 2019, yeah. he had 27 home runs and he just kind of never worked after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, as a, as a dollar pickup and he's got, uh, he's got some, he's got second base eligibility and a pickup from third base. Uh, you could, uh, you could do worse in the deeper league, I suppose. I think so. Uh, last guy I wanted to mention on offense, um, Zach Collins in Toronto has been playing a lot of catcher with, uh, with Danny Jansen on the IL. Um, hitting fourth, uh, hitting four, hit fourth today. I don't know how many times he's hit. Uh, he's hit fifth, fourth, fifth, and fourth the last four games, which just seems wild. But for a Toronto team that obviously is missing some guys, but still pretty darn good at the top of that lineup. Um, interesting spot there. He had a uh, he had a three run homer today to kind of boost up his price. But uh, if you need a catcher, I thought that Collins was an interesting uh, name to maybe uh, you could use for a couple weeks as the uh, as there are a lot of catchers who have really struggled out the gate. Yeah, kind of an under-the-radar trade right before the season started with uh, him you know, straight-up catcher-for-catcher, Reese McGuire going to the White Sox. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, they wanted to get more a little bit more lefty-righty balance, and at the same time, I think they bought low on a guy that was once a pretty decent-sized prospect. He, he hits the ball hard. He he strikes out too much. You're, it's going to be a batting average drain, but I think most catchers kind of are anyway. You look at his hard contact. He's obviously not had a lot of experience in the major leagues, but I mean, it's it's been over fifty percent three of the years. Obviously, some of those are really small samples. But last year he played um, seventy eight games, so two hundred thirty one plate appearances, had a forty four percent hard hit rate, a barrel rate over ten percent. I think you're going to get some pop out of this guy. Um, it's just going to come with a really uh, a really rough average. Yep. But in terms of catchers, uh, you know, as someone who's been playing Kyle Higashioka, um, anything is uh, anything's better than that at that point. Do the spring training homers still haven't been ported over to your uh, season-long stats yet? They have not. I need to talk to Greg about uh, getting those over. Apparently, uh, he's lost his job. He's now in the back of the Jose Trevino. So that pretty much tells you all you need to know about uh, about getting getting Higgy with it this uh, this April. Yeah, uh, I remember when people were clamoring for Higgy to get the job last summer. Yep. Um, similar Most, results. Mostly Gary Sanchez hate more than more than Higgy uh, Higgy love, I imagine. For sure. 
We had another round of Ruliva Roulette, as I like to call it. Um, was there anybody you really attacked? I think Andres Munoz was pretty popular in Seattle. Um, he got one save. Seattle's pretty much – I think we're sure that's going to be a committee, but if there's going to be a guy, he's been he's looked really good. The strikeout rate is pretty absurd. We got Danny Jimenez in Oakland who looks good, and but uh, you know Lou Trevino was on the COVID IL, so who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, Chris right. Stratton got a couple saves. We mentioned Joe Barlow. Um, if Jorge Lopez is available, I think that he was the main guy. He was 40% owned in 12-teamers. He went for over $200 in my 12-team where he's available. He's uh, clearly has the job in Baltimore right now. I think he's got three saves in a row. He's somehow throwing 98-99, which I don't think any of us saw for Jorge Lopez in 2022. Um, were yep. any of these names like high up on your list? Were you attacking any of them? Uh, were they all kind of – I just kind of felt they were they were all kind of in the mix. But uh, Munoz is probably my favorite. Skills-wise, Munoz is my favorite. I just think that they will continue doing the roulette thing a little bit. That's just what they do. Uh, Lopez is interesting though, because failed yeah. starters turn into good relievers all the time, all the time. Yeah. And he was picked up in, in 15 teamers last week, but he was still 60% available in, in the 12 teamers. Um, I don't know. He's looking 35% strikeout, right? We're talking about nine innings. I get it. But, um, the velocity bump is insane. I mean, through like 93, 94, 95 as a starter, um, his average fastball is at 98 right now. Yeah. I think that's got to be a function of both going all out for one inning and also yeah. working to improve it i think it's a little both yeah if you if anyone jumped early on him that's that's really worked out i was not one that was going to jump early on a baltimore reliever and i'm uh certainly paying the price because he's been he's been very solid and he got three saves this week yeah i think i have some teams without three saves i i definitely do <laughs> Uh, let's look at some news and notes. We mentioned the Eloy Jimenez injury. Obviously, that was the, the biggest uh, name of the of the weekend. Um, John Means announced that he was having uh, Tommy John. I think that we talked about him last week. We, you know, he's kind of a drop anyway, but then we, we set the final news there, which uh, which really sucked because he was uh, – I think he was someone a lot of us were excited about making taking that next step this year. Um, I want to talk about Liam Hendricks. He gave up a three-run just – I don't know if you saw it yet. You were out today, but absolute bomb to Byron Buxton. Um, hit in the third deck in Minnesota. And he got behind 3-1 to him. Um, it's like dead center up pitch, like Buxton just killed it. But um, after the game, Tony Russo mentioned that Liam Hendricks had some back tightness. He's getting worked on after the game. Um, Liam Hendricks is quietly, or maybe not quietly, if you have him in your fantasy team, has not been very good to start the year. And it was bad in spring training, too. Yeah. Don't I know that? Um, you know, when you have him on one of your main event, like, you know, main event teams, you know. You, you, you're acutely aware of how much he's been struggling. Especially when Josh Hader gets a save every night and strikes out 12 guys. It just it, Josh yeah. Hader is just killing people right now. He is. Now, I would have taken Hader and had, ahead of Hendricks, but Me too. I didn't really have that choice. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it, it's, it's tough to watch. Now, the, the tough part, too, is the uh, White Sox are off on Monday. So then you have to right. wait until – so if you're setting your lineup for the week – you could be taking a zero this week. That's possible still. Yeah, the back test worries me. The rest actually doesn't. I mean, he's still got 12 strikeouts and two walks in seventh third. I think he's going to be just fine. He still has four saves. So he hasn't really killed anybody, but uh, it has not been the Liam Hendricks that you paid for and wanted. And I think this back tightness, like, that's that scares you a little bit. You just, if you peck someone that high, you need him in all the time. You do not need him missing a couple weeks of time. No, not at all. Uh, we mentioned J.D. Martinez. He has a left adductor injury. He's going to miss the last four games. Uh, he's one of those guys you're just going to have to check on uh, tomorrow. Do they play tomorrow? Boston does not. Uh, they do play tomorrow. They're in Toronto. So at least we'll, we should have a, we'll have a lineup uh, for that game before you got to figure that one out. Uh, Jeff, your Reds with some, in, uh, some injury notes. Jonathan India could return from the I.L., as soon as Tuesday, they do not play Monday, so it sounds like you might get him back for the full week this week. Uh, but Tyler Stevenson, unsure if he's ready to return for the weekend series in Colorado. So he's out the first series of the week on the concussion IL, and they don't think he's going to be ready for the weekend, which is uh, it sucks because obviously you want him hitting the course. Yeah, you do. And Did you have a problem with the Voight slide? I don't think it was natural to throw your arm up like he did. Uh, at the same time, I don't think he's a natural slider. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that was more the issue than like – Intention trying to hurt anybody, but yeah. yeah, it was a definitely an unnatural slide. Yeah, I just think he's kind of a bull in a china shop, yeah. and it was it was unfortunate the throw the throw kind of brought Stevenson into his path, and I I don't think he tried to hurt. I think he was just reckless. In uh, in a nice segue by you, Luke Voigt, uh, ten day IL, ten day IL also with a bicep tendon injury. That's uh, that's a tough one. He's been hitting the middle lineup for San Diego, hasn't done anything, and obviously if you have him, you've been playing him, and you're hoping he was going to get hot, and now you've got to uh, take him out, which is uh, yeah. a good thing. 
Um, a couple of minor things. Uh, Yuan Moncada mentioned, uh, noted he was still quote feeling something as an oblique, so we're we're still a ways away on Moncada. Uh, Josh Bell has a hamstring. Uh, he left early on Saturday, missed Sunday. Another one of those, uh, one of these. You know, you got to check uh, check the start of the week. They do not play Monday, so that could be a tough one. You might have to make a decision on him based on who your backup is. Yeah, you will. Uh, and uh, it, these day to day ones are tough, especially with the yeah. pitcher. At least with the hitter. If you've got someone to cover the position, that the worst you're going to do is miss four days. Yeah. I mean, that, it's still that can be three really good games for someone else, but for sure, um, yeah, that's a that is a tough one there. Uh, speaking of tough calls this week, I'm hoping you're going to help me out with this one. Uh, Ryan Presley threw a live BP today. Said he Ugh. looked really good. Um, they said he might be activated on Tuesday. The Astros play tomorrow, so you have to decide this tomorrow. What does one do? Um, just say you maybe have him in a big, uh, big contest for a lot of money on the line. Uh, what does one do with Ryan Presley this week in terms of deciding whether to start him or not start him this week? What is who would your alternative be? Yeah, you know uh, my my eighth best starter. Okay, so do you have you don't? How are you doing on saves otherwise? Do you have any other uh, closers? Uh, let's see. I got my sheet right here. I have um, I got Tanner Rainey. And Emilio Pagan, so uh, a star-studded lineup. You're swimming of, in uh, saves. I'm swimming in fantastic relievers. I had Presley also. He had, I think he had three or four saves early. So I'm a, I'm a kind of middle of the pack in saves, kind of how saves are. But uh, yeah, it's pretty much throwing him or like, um, oh god, maybe Tyler Malley at Colorado or Paul oh. Seawald coming off the COVID IL. Ninth, ninth pitchers are rough these days. But uh, I'm leaning toward using Presley just based on the too. fact that I don't have a ton of. I don't have a great ninth matchup. Whereas like some leagues, my ninth matchup is good enough. Where I'm like, yeah, I'll just take a week and, and chill out, but um, still gives him six games. If he comes back, I'm hoping we get a quote tomorrow from, uh, from the manager that, that, that helps us a little way. Maybe Dusty will come out and say something good about, you know, process going to be pitching tomorrow. So I'm hoping I'll, I'll definitely read up on that, but I'm leaning towards starting him. I don't think Molly's is pitching in Colorado. I think he's got a home start against the Padres. Oh, that, know. that changed. You're right. They pushed Hunter green back home. Huh? Yeah. However, that's not, really helpful because molly has got a really bad home era usually and so i, yeah, I think he has the second worst era in baseball among qualified starters so far which is yeah not great. he looked really good the first start and, and then uh, not so much since well and even the second start against the dodgers he was good for a couple innings and yeah. then it just one hideous awful inning really kind of crushed him and then he was pretty bad over the weekend too i'm still all right with him i mean we're you know one bad one or two bad starts really skews a lot right now but uh i think yeah. i'd still rather have home san diego than at colorado but that might be kind of close actually yeah uh, a couple of notes uh gary sanchez sat the weekend with the dom sat the weekend with the davenal titus if he's your catcher you probably don't have too many options anyway but uh, if you do or in your daily league uh, maybe take a look at that note um blake snell uh, we mentioned san diego Blake Snell through a sim game on saturday he said it went great um, you know, always trust the player, whatever they say, there's never any problem there, but that's right. like he's, at least, he's at least progressing towards, uh, towards getting on the mound. Um, I don't think he's going to pitch this week. I I'm not using him this week, but I think maybe next week might be a chance to, to get Snell back in. You know, I trust the player when they say something negative. That's true. <laughs> uh, but you know, they're, if they're optimistic, well, okay, that's just status quo. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about some players, uh, some hot stars and cold stars. We're three weeks in. I want to talk, ask you about some guys who are some people on fire and some people who aren't. But uh, first, a note from our sponsors at Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. That's right. An entire glorious season, all 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with Vivid Seats. Every backdoor slider, every round tripper, and every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy Collect stamps and redeem. It's that easy. From behind the dugout to upper level, Vivid Seats is covered for all the games that matter to you. If you want a pro trip, buy your tickets for your whole group. Split the bill and make progress towards your free tickets even faster. Just visit, visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens fast. So, Jeff, let's start with some positive. Let's start with some guys who are really um, really playing well so far. You know, We talked about the, uh, the, the offensive struggles across the league, but uh, – there are some players who are doing well. Uh, Ty France in Seattle was the first guy I want to talk about. I uh, hit 375, five home runs already, 19 RBIs. He uh, he homered again today, uh, and he hit a three-run homer today. Uh, where are you on France? He was someone that I was kind of like at the ADP. I was kind of like, if I get him, fine. If I don't, fine. I wasn't really a big target for me. Doesn't hit the ball, uh, you know, a ton, but hit you know hit 291 last year, 18 home runs. So not a huge home run guy, but a decent average guy. Doesn't strike out a lot, so I think that helps the average a lot. Uh, where are you on France? I do like the 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 eligibility was was nice, but uh, how do you feel about him? Uh, kind of the start of the season and going forward here. 
I uh, wish I were a francophone. I wish I had a little bit more of them. Nice. I, yeah, I do too. It's uh, anytime you get anyone hitting 375 when the rest of your team's hitting 150, that's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Saturday was pretty crazy because he was already having a great game. And then he teed off late on that three run homer just to put that game out of reach. Yep. And she's like, he's just locked in right now. Uh, and, you know, that's a tough place to be locked in. And he's doing it and, you know, doing it there. That's, that's even all the more impressive. Yeah, they're kind of a kind of a fun young lineup. They got JP Crawford had a good weekend too. They're uh, yep. they, some of these guys kind of start to come around. I think we we kind of thought that maybe Seattle would be good in you know twenty twenty four or so, but uh, it seems like uh, some of the guys are coming around. And the, the key thing with France, like I know we talk about, you know, it's only two and a half weeks, doesn't matter that much, but like still give me the stats and the fact that he's locked in, like he's hitting second every single night, um, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of built a leash hitting second too. And if you can, the longer you can make that leash, and you can, you know, if you do have some slumps here and there, we want him to stick stick at second. That uh, that matters a lot. Yeah. Plus the multi position uh, multi position eligibility doesn't yep. hurt. It's nice. You and I talked a bunch about uh, Cody Bellinger in the offseason. He was a, a very popular guy to talk about. Struggled in the spring, was tinkering with the swing. Struggled to start the year, but has been pretty hot lately. He has four home runs and three stolen bases. Obviously, really good start there. Hit 273. Um, are you buying in the start? Do you think this is just uh, he ran a couple pitches? His K rate's still at 33%. His highest ever was 27%. So he's still striking out of town, but he's hitting the ball hard. Um, I just wonder if he's maybe selling out a little bit to try and uh, guess and a little bit because he was he was getting so much heat and pressing. Um, I'm not totally on board here, uh, but uh, but so far so good for Cody. I've always said once you get him out of Coors Field, it'll be fine. <laughs> right? Yeah. It was that first that first week we we're like, oh, Coors Field's gonna be great, and then it was nothing. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the two homers today were nice. That 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 was really nice because he kind of started to slow down. It's like, okay, great, you can tee tee off against the Reds now. Let's see what you can do against a real pitching staff. Right. And yeah, did well today. Um, yeah, yeah, I like. He had one of the home runs was a kind of left of center. That I, I really like to see that that he's not just trying to yank it uh, yank it down the line. But uh, he he looked really good today. Yeah, he did. Looked pretty good in two of the three games against the Braves earlier in the week, too. The one he didn't was against Max Freed. So, okay, lefty on lefty violence against a good starting pitcher, fine. For sure. And if he's going to run a little bit, I mean, that that makes a big difference because, you know, if you can sustain some of these slumps, he's probably going to have just the way, you know, the strikeouts and all that is. But if he's going to steal, I mean, he stole three bases all last year in 350 play runs. He's got three already. Um, if he's going to throw in, you know, he threw in 15 in 2019. If he can throw in 12 to 15, that definitely changes, uh, you know, what oh, yeah. you can, what you can stomach with his batting average. Absolutely. You know, he doesn't need to hit 47 home runs if he if he throws in stolen bases. And I think that uh, he can work. I think if you got him that second weekend of the main event when the when the price was really uh, really depressed, um, I think that, uh, that that one's worked out pretty nicely. Yeah, absolutely. Someone asked in the chat, Jeff, uh, just for you, would you pick up Jesus Sanchez for Matt Brash? Person said they're pretty strong pitcher wise. I do love me some Jesus Sanchez. I do. I will too. say that dropping Matt Brash seems. Bold. I thought you were going to say Tasty. dropping Matt Bratch seems rash, but you didn't take it. Yeah, well, I was trying to get, come up with other synonyms. That was it was sitting hovering like an angel, so too easy. But I'm uh, I'm pretty worried about Brash's walks. Yeah, I, I I mean I got I got I do what I can to roster Jesus Sanchez. So yeah, that's your I drop. Think- if that has to be your drop, so be it. I think me too. I don't think I'd rush to drop uh, drop Brash. I'd like to keep him, but uh, if that's the only choice you have, and you're strong pitching wise, and he's your worst one, um, I do really like Jesus Sanchez moving forward. Yeah, I think it's appointment television. Good, uh, good segue there because my next thing to talk about is on the Marlins, and it's uh, it's Jazz Chisholm who has been a. It's been a. It feels like it's been a long two and a half weeks here. We've got. Uh, yeah. He was uh, he was sitting. He was hitting ninth, and he was upset about. It, then he got benched for a game. Then he's been back. Now he's hitting leadoff. He had the issue with the umpire where uh, the guy was trying to get quick pitch him, and then he hit a home run. It was it was kind of awesome, and he does zero step pretty much right in the umpire's face. Um, but he's got four home runs and four stolen bases. That is a nice speed power start to the season. He's got 15 RBIs. Like That's great, too. Um, yeah. The K rate's still high. It's 28%, but he makes a ton of hard contact. You know, 17% barrel rate so far. Obviously, we're early, but, you know, still hitting the ball really hard. Um, do you think he sticks at leadoff? Do you think they jerk him around? Like, at some point, you just got to leave him there and let him let him be jazz, right? I think so. Um, that assumes I, Don, I, let's assume Don Mattingly has any sort of care about that, but. Yeah, uh, I mean that that is still a concern. I mean, I don't think he, you know. You, obviously, he's worth more when he's getting more plate appearances, scores more runs, he's right. in a more advantageous place. But even if they move him around the lineup, you still got value. And the fact is, second and short eligibility, 
you know, four homers, four stolen bases. Wish I had a little bit more of them. Yeah, I do too. I kind of, I, I liked him and then I packed off a little bit when he was hitting eighth and ninth in, in spring training. I was a little bit worried about that, but uh, he sure is fun. I think you're going to, you're going to have some ups and downs. There's going to be some, some cold periods, some slumps in there, but I think the end of the end of the year, you're going to get, you get the speed and power combo that you paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Not having jazz gives me the blues. <laughs> so bad. Uh Esther Cortez in New York has had an exceptional start to the year. Um, he is uh, 15.2 innings. Uh, that's three starts for him. Uh, ERA is 115. Whip is under 0. 0.7. Uh, really good start. The K rate's absurd so far for Cortez. 44.6. But he has 25 strikeouts in 15 and two thirds. He had that uh, <laughs> the great play where he dove to the base uh, to get the out. I'm not sure I want my pitcher really diving to right. the base head first, but it was a it was a good athletic uh, aggressive play. Walk rate's actually down. Like, you love to see that. Sometimes you see guys that pump the strikeout rate. They also pump the walk rate. Um, that's down to 5.4%. Um, you look last year. I mean, last year, I think he did 93, 93 innings, and his, uh, his K-minus walk was 21%. ERA was 29 Um, Might be time where we realize that uh, Nestor Cortez is pretty darn good. Yeah, more than a fifth starter. Now they could yeah. get, like, score a run or two of support for him. That would be nice. No wins yet for all that. But 25-3, to three, I'll take that every time. Uh, yeah, and he's he, he's fun too. Like the way he talks about himself, he's like I'm just a regular guy who happens to be able to pitch well, and uh, he seems like a fun uh, a fun guy who's embracing kind of all of it. So it, it's good. Um, I'm gonna talk about some guys who've started cold. Um, someone in the chat uh, asked a question about Chris Bryant, so I'm gonna throw him in here too. Uh, Chris Bryant has yet to homer, has yet to steal a base, is hitting three. Uh, he's in two two seventy eight. He went over five today, had two strikeouts. Um, are you worried at all about Chris Bryant's power? Or are you just kind of think it's a two and a half week thing that's that's coming? I think the latter. Um, the teammate CJ Crone has hit for plenty of power, so it's yeah. not like it's a weather thing. Right. You can't blame it that way. Uh, but same time, and, yeah. Get get on this. Get on it here, guys. Yeah, and if you know, it's the thing though. If like Chris Bryant had a two and a half week stretch in the middle of the year, we didn't a home run, we might notice it, but we might probably wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too terribly worried. No, he's not a he's not a thirty five to forty home run guy anyway. I think you're hoping for you know kind of twenty three to twenty seven somewhere in there as it was, and you're hoping that Coors Field helps his batting average a lot. So um, I certainly wouldn't rush to uh, rush to trade him or anything like that. You're gonna get uh, you're gonna get Coors warming up this summer, and that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be really cool. yeah. I'd trade for him. I'd rush to trade for him right now. I would I would too. I would. Uh, I've never been the biggest Chris Bryant guy, but if you could make any get any kind of discount right now, I would certainly take it. Um, April is almost always the worst uh, cores hitting month and it, it almost always gets better from there. Absolutely. So some other guys who are struggling, uh, Alberto Mondesi is someone that is a polarizing guy in the fantasy industry. Uh, he was over five today, Jeff. He had four strikeouts, not a good day. Uh, he's now at one twenty-five with a 39.2% strikeout rate. He has six hits all year long. They're all singles. He has three runs. He has two RBIs. He does have five stolen bases. I think he stole two today. Um, K rate is now uh, it's it's way up there. Um, I think it, I think it's a thirty nine. I meant twenty eight, twenty nine percent, but it's way up there. Uh, he has sixteen strikeouts and two walks. At some point, does Kansas City pull the plug here? Does the leash get shorter? They kind of do something different because um, he now has a career two seventy nine OBP. Like we're talking not fantasy, real world. Um, that's a bad baseball player right there. You know, I feel like we have this conversation every spring. Every spring. And- before he gets hurt, and then he'll have a month where he goes crazy, yeah. and then he gets drafted um, in the fourth round. Yeah, something like that. Uh, not worried because I wasn't paying the price, but I'm also not worried because he will have that month. If you have him, I think you ride it out. Uh, but I mean, his OBP is one seventy six, and he has five stolen bases. So you can imagine if he does get warm, like you could get a crazy yeah. stolen base stretch in there. Exactly. But boy, I mean, he's 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 killing you everywhere else. I mean, it's. Uh, Three runs and two RBIs. That's hard from your from your fourth round shortstop right there. Exactly. A guy who maybe is on the on the fringier side that you can you can think about what you're going to do with is is Bobby Dalbeck in in Boston. Um, I think people were excited. He he really came on the last couple months of the season last year. Uh, we thought uh, we thought maybe you know he'd finally figured it out. We knew the strikeouts could be there. We thought maybe the power was going to be there too. Uh, the power has not been there yet. He's hitting. He's over four on Sunday with three strikeouts. Um, he's hitting 154. He has one home run, two RBIs on the season, which is pretty tough to do. He was the uh, he was ahead of Juan Soto in terms of uh, guys he had not driven. It was 34 to 33, but they had a triple to, to break up the no hitter on is that Friday night or Saturday night against Tampa Bay? The, Saturday night, the combined yeah. no hitter there, tenth inning. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so his K rate's actually down a little bit. It's at uh, 28.6%. He was 34.5% last year. So not a great number, but down a little bit. Still has some pretty good hard contact numbers. Uh, the Babbitt's 206. So, you know, he's probably going to fall into a little more good luck here. But how long do you think his leash is here? Um, Tristan Cassis is in, I don't know if I said that right, but is their stud minor leaguer hitting bombs on, on Twitter. You can see a lot of stuff there. But um, how long do you think Dalbeck's leash is? And would you hold on to him, say, in a, in a 12-team? Right? He's a 15-teamer, you will. But uh, how long is your leash holding him in a 12-teamer? Two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, I, 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 each of the last two weeks, I've gone to uh, the Tout Wars AL only league page to see if Tristan Cassis is available to stash because we were allowed to pick up minor leaguers. And no, Howard Bender still has him on his roster. I, was so. say, I assume he is rostered. Yes, he is rostered. And stubbornly, they haven't cut him yet. So. Yeah, I think I think the leash is getting shorter pretty quick here for uh, for Dahlbeck. I think he needs to get pretty hot in the next ten days, or we're gonna maybe see some some shifting around here, and you might gonna ha- might have to end up dropping uh, dropping him. But he's got he's got a maybe about a week and a half or two weeks here where he's got, he's got to hit pretty quick. Yep, agreed. Uh, Brendan Rogers in Colorado is someone that everybody's raving about in spring training. They're like, oh, he looks like the best guy in 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 the Arizona Fall League or Arizona Camp uh, in spring training a horrendous start to the season. It is just, just brutal. He's four of 46. Uh, we talk about guys hitting 187. He's hitting 087. He has no home runs. He has no stolen base. He has one RBI. If he's like your second baseman and you, you drafted him, you're playing him every week. Uh, it's pretty much like you've been playing nobody except it hurts because the batting average is so bad. Um, not hitting the ball really hard. Bell rates low, uh, hard hit rates low. K rates up uh, last year. He had dropped it all the way to 20%. Now he's back up to kind of those 2019 levels. That was a, a small sample in 2019, but yep. um, how worried are you here? I know that uh, it's Colorado. So you worry that like the, the leeches are always pretty quick in Colorado and you know, they tend to move guys around anyway, but uh, how worried right. are you on, on Brendan Rogers with this brutal start? He, he sat the last two games. Yeah, that's, I'd be very concerned. That's bad. You can't, uh, I don't think you can drop him yet in a 12-teamer, but I think he's one of those guys, too, that if he starts to not play every day, this becomes a problem pretty quick. It does. It really does. Uh, Colorado has seven games this week, four at Philly, three home against Cincinnati. So this is – I mean, that that's a pretty good uh, setup there. You know, I think maybe you write it out one more week, and then after that you may have to make a hard decision on him. Yeah, and it, we're still we're still early. We're getting to the point, you know, if we get a month in where you're going to have to make some decisions on guys like guys you want to pick up, and um, I'm getting to that point. I haven't dropped anybody yet that I was, you know, high on and, and drafted and want to take, but I think, you know, you got another couple of weeks and maybe you have to make some of those calls and come to these mid-range, mid-range guys who are not doing anything. Absolutely. Um, yeah, someone asked in the chat about Cattell Marte. I'm a little bit less worried about him. I just kind of feel like it's a, a slow start. I don't think Arizona has any options to, to not play him. Um, but it's been rough there too. He's hitting 167, uh, no home runs, one stolen base. Um, hard hit rate's pretty good. It's still 45%. So I, I'm not all that worried. I, I'm a little bit worried about the strikeout rate being up, but uh, I think that starts to come down here. It's uh, he's He has such a long history of not striking out. I don't suddenly think he's going to be a strikeout guy all of a sudden. I think we're looking at small. Agreed. Like yeah. Agreed. Uh, on the pitcher side, I want to ask you about one more guy before we get out of here. Uh, Walker Bueller in LA. Uh, we, you know, local to us here. Uh, three starts so far, 15 innings, uh, 4.08 ERA, 1.47 whip. Not good numbers for, for where he was drafted. But obviously, it's three starts. Who really cares? But then you look a little bit deeper. Um, he is not striking guys out at all yet. Uh, granted, only three starts, but strikeout rate's down to 16%. It was 26% last year. The swing strike rate is actually up a little bit, so that's maybe a good sign that maybe he's just not getting the swing strikes with two strikes or it'll just work out a little bit. But velocity's down. Barrel rate's at 12%, really high number there. His fastball is getting killed so far. It's a, a, a thousand slugging percentage against it. Um, the exit velocity on his fastball is four miles an hour faster than last year. It's 93.8. Uh, the spin on his fastball is way down, down like 200, whatever that is, RPMs or whatever they, whatever they, revolutions, whatever they, whatever they judge it by. Um, I think there's a few things here that would, uh, if I drafted Buell in the second round, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Yeah. Uh, remember, one of the big buzz things in uh, draft season was that the projection systems didn't like Bueller, notably yeah. the bat. Yeah, I had an ERA of like over four, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can't do anything with him, but uh, would you uh, would you think about trading for him with these high numbers or someone that you're just going to kind of you're going to kind of avoid that? I think I avoid it because. Unless you, I mean, unless you really think you can get full value, like some sort of pitcher for hitter trade, yeah, 
I mean, I, I think it's really hard to win that trade unless you but, really think he's broken. But you're not like if you're if you don't have him, you're not going out there to be like, you know what? Maybe his owner is a little bit worried about him. I'm going to go grab him now. You're not you're not really attacking him and trying to get a discount just because I'm not right now either. I'm I'm a little bit worried about Bueller. I don't think uh, yeah. I don't think we're getting the a stud second round level out of Bueller. And I, he was someone that I, I, I kind of cooled off on in drafts as we got closer to the season. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, yeah, the, the velocity is the scary part. I would like, to, I think there's been some early season hiccups for Bueller in the past though, too. So yeah. that's, I think historically, I think that's one of the reasons that gives me cause to be patient here. Yeah. Gotta think, uh, gotta think he settles in, but I'm just, uh, I don't think we're getting like, and I, when I say I don't like him, I, it's more of the second round kind of ACE level thing. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think we're going to quite uh, get what you want there. Uh, Cause someone in the chat was asking, uh, you know, we, we talked about Eloy being out earlier. Um, did you, did you try to attack anybody in terms of like playing time, opening up uh, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin sheets. I saw some people adding Gavin sheets. I think he was utility only. So it was a little bit tough to pick up if you had, a Nelson yeah. Cruz or, uh, or someone, uh, you know, Fran Mulray or someone like that. Um, do you like, uh, I, I like Vaughn. Uh, do you like, uh, do you like sheets at all? Uh, I'm, I'm more of a Vaughn guy than a sheets. I like Vaughn better than sheets, but both are going to play. Yeah. And Vaughn, you look at that lineup, like they have so many righties that sheets really fits in nicely on the, you know, the two thirds of the game, they face a righty. They, I mean, he, as a lefty, um, he's got a big edge there. Cause they're so, they're so righty heavy. Vaughn homered on Friday against a righty too. So yeah. I, 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 I think, I think, Va- I think Vaughn, I think Vaughn could just hit. Um, yeah, but uh, I think Sheets uh, probably ends up like hitting fifth or sixth just because I think they're going to want to mix yeah. and mix mix a lefty in there. Keep in mind, Sheets doesn't qualify for any position yet. Yeah, so it's it, you have to you have to have not had a utility player, nor you can't have a a Shohei Otani or Nelson Cruz or someone like that. Framo Reyes, yeah, Framo doesn't or it does definitely doesn't work. But um, you know, Sheets did a little bit of pop last year, eleven home runs in one hundred and eighty plate appearances. So I mean, you got to like that's a pretty good number right there in, in a short sample. So I think that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that uh, Sheets is an ad, especially in a deeper league. Yeah, for sure. And I just assume Vaughn's rostered. Although maybe some people, like I'm seeing in the chat from David that he dropped him. So I'd say patient with Vaughn. I yeah, mean, he's in 307 I, going into the day. I don't see why. Uh, I, I I think he, he, you're gonna he's gonna play a lot with Eloy out. Yeah, I think that you know whether or not Larusa likes him doesn't really matter anymore when they just when they don't have that many options. They have so many guys that are hurt. Yep. Last thing I want to ask you about, Jeff, uh, Joe Madden today. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting move. Uh, Joe oh, no. Adele, Joe Adele hit a grand slam in the second or third inning. Um, so, you know, your young player, young stud has a nice day. He's hit a grand slam. He came up later in the game in a tie game against a lefty and he pinch hit for Joe Adele. I thought that was kind of wild. He pinched it with a lefty on the mound, with a lefty on the mound. He pitched another right. So pitch hit Matt Duffy. Who, okay. You know, maybe in a vacuum, if you have one at bat, Matt Duffy might be a, a better choice in that spot than Adele, who might strike out or whatever like that. But like, it seems crazy to me that your young stud prospect hits a grand slam early in the game because of the base loaded again against lefty, and you pitch hit for him. Going into the game, he was at one walk, twenty one Ks. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been rough. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it's it's April. Like, aren't you trying to like get him going? And he hit a grand slam early in the game because of the base loaded again. Like, what a spot pinch hit for him with matt duffy like if mike trout's not playing that day and you bring him in sure i get it but like right. for matt duffy i don't know well it's part of the joe madden i'm inventing baseball course you, yeah come on that that's chapter three let's get up to speed here scott it's true there's never been a time where he hadn't wanted to tell you who's the smartest guy in the room yeah so yeah i, I thought that was weird it's it's been an interesting and he keeps hitting strange guys and larusa hitting Lurie garcia third the other night like oh the whole thing is just, it's also strange. Wow. And his explanation of it made no sense. Like he kind of talked in circles about why he did it. And it was like, he earned it. He were, it was like, the whole thing was strange. It's, he was hitting 077 at the time too. Garcia yeah. was not La Russa. Uh, it's, but, it's a really weird when some of these, some of these managers get going. It's, there's some weird stuff that goes on. Yep. Anybody else you want to talk about? Uh, I feel like we kind of hit everything. Was anything else on your mind? Uh, baseball, otherwise that you wanted to uh, discuss with me. No, just, uh, Appreciate all the comments. Appreciate all the interaction. We love it here. You know, getting all these people that are watching the live stream as well as downloading the podcast. Just yeah. please keep doing it. Please, please keep chiming in on the chat. We'll, we'll, we'll interact with you. We do appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's always fun. It's always good to get all the comments on Monday morning for people uh, that are listening and having their, having their coffee and, uh, and breakfast when they, and they, and they flip us on. So it, uh, it does mean a lot. We, we like to hear all those, uh, all those comments. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensen. We're always out there talking some sort of sports at some point. So if you have any questions, uh, feel free to hit us up at all. Any point uh, there. Other than that, uh, Jeff, uh, next Sunday, we're back at it. Yes, sir.
Beautiful. Look forward to it. Hope everybody has a great week. Hope we get some offense going. I'd like to, I'd like to actually get some real stats to look at and uh, hopefully we get that going. So should be fun. Uh, look forward to it. Hope everybody has a great week and take care.